happy Friday and welcome to Up and Coming, a podcast which is dedicated to discovering exciting up and coming artists from around the world, hosted by me, Evie, and by Sean. Each week we'll chat to a different artist about their life, music, and inspirations, whilst leaving plenty of time to share some of their best tracks with you. On the show today, we'll be speaking to Sunflower Thieves, the Leeds-based pop folk duo made up of Amy and Lily. Sunflower Thieves are storytellers and their music is intimate and honest. We began the show by asking the duo about their long-standing friendship and their earliest memory of one another. We had a session recently where we wrote about our kind of friendship, um, a writing session, and we talked about a few things there. And that that was funny, actually, because... Uh, we've never done that before we've never written about ourselves together in that way so it was it was basically just me and Lily talking about all the things we remember from when we were little and like just laughing and then this uh, the guy we were writing with was just taking it all in just being like what is going on (laughs) (laughs) I think yeah the the one thing I think of is Lily has this little cubby hole in her in her like old bedroom and we used to just hide in there when my parents came and picked me up after we'd after I'd been for tea or whatever and thinking that that would mean that I wouldn't have to go home <laughs> yeah we were always like 15 more minutes not really knowing how long that was actually it's not very <laughs> not a very long time <laughs> you actually just mentioned in there a recent writing session in which you guys discussed your friendship now I can't imagine having to analyze a friendship so what was that like yeah, that was that was a bit weird. I think I think we've both found that a bit strange at first because we've never really written from that angle before. Normally, we just write about things that have happened to us or things we're feeling. I suppose. Yeah, it was it was really nice. I think we've been doing a lot of nostalgic kind of writing recently, probably partly because there's nothing really going on at the minute to inspire. Um, <laughs> but yeah, we've been writing lots. I, I mean, our, our last single was about childhood, hide and seek. And we've, yeah, we've we've kind of noticed a pattern in our writing recently where we're writing about either being younger or just things that have happened in the past. Before you went by the name Sunflower Thieves, you used to gig under the name Amy and Lily. So where did the inspiration for Sunflower Thieves come from? We don't have a very good story about that. <laughs> it's it just, <laughs> uh, I think, well, my mum always thinks she came up with it, but I'm not sure that's the case. <laughs> Yeah, she's told me the other day and I didn't realise that. I have a I have a memory of us sitting in a cafe talking about it and I'm I thought you said it. Yeah, I thought. Or maybe I your mum said it and maybe then you she took said credit it for it. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> and then you started your career together by taking part in open mic nights in your local pub. What did that experience teach you about music and performing? I think it's we're really lucky to have that as a place to kind of start playing live and we we played live we played cover songs for ages so um we got a lot of like gigging experience in before writing and yeah it was just a really nice it was a proper it was a monthly open mic and it was upstairs in kind of like a folk club style room um where everyone's silent the whole time no one speaks while anyone's playing and it was like really like a really respectful but also just like comfortable environment and I think um yeah it was a re- I mean it was really scary we were both absolutely terrified <laughs> every yeah. time we got on stage I'm pretty sure we were like why are we doing this 
also like the other performers and stuff definitely inspired us to be more confident and like yeah better on stage and stuff did you have any favorite covers to perform or any crowd favorites <laughs> oh god quite difficult to have a crowd favorite i guess when the crowd don't talk <laughs> the crowd, but, uh... yeah. <laughs> i i don't know i can't i remember i was playing jar of hearts <laughs> Yeah, that's sad. Um, oh, what song to choose? Oh, no. Our repertoire was quite, quite, um, it, like varied. I think I think <laughs> we used to do um, Five Years Time" by Noah and the Whale, and that oh, was yeah. that was always a crowd pleaser. I think. <laughs> <laughs> so, Lily, I actually read somewhere that you once swore to yourself that you were never going to be a musician. <laughs> What's changed your mind? I don't really know, to be honest. I think well. Uh, at college I I did music A level but I, it was like all classical and I didn't really enjoy it and then I was doing film studies um photography and then I didn't like film studies so I switched to music tech and then from there I was like oh cool there's this whole new bit of music that I did like I knew existed but I didn't really think I could ever do it and then yeah from there I think I was just like oh sweet like it's just opened up a new way of life <laughs> great well I think I can speak for a lot of people and I say I'm very glad that you changed your mind <laughs> you guys obviously have three great tracks out at the moment but you also did actually release an EP a few years back that I've noticed isn't on stuff like Spotify anymore I was just wondering is there a reason for that that was a really good thing for us to do at the time I think because we kind of well we'd basically just started writing our own songs and it was like a big step for us and we had a really nice EP launch at home in one of our friends houses and it was it was really great at the time but I think we realized that we've we'd improved basically since we put that out and the songs didn't really represent us and they didn't represent like how far Lily had come with production how far we'd come with writing and I think we I mean we had CDs we had I think we had 200 CDs so there are still 200 people out there with with the OG CD but yeah I think it was just to yeah just to give an idea of more where we're at um when we put two halves out I think we'd come a long way and and we didn't want that to kind of hinder where we were you said then that it was a good decision back then is there any part of you guys that regrets it slightly or do you still think it was the right thing to do I personally don't I don't regret doing it um I think it gave us a really good experience and like in writing and in the release process so when it and and when it came around to doing to releasing two halves we had an idea of what we didn't want to do and we had an idea of what we did want to do yeah we didn't know everything obviously we still don't but we had something to go off and Mm. like I remember being at uni um and being surprised that like some of my classmates or course mates had never done that before and just realizing that I was quite lucky to have been that we were encouraged to do that and supported uh, in doing that when we did it so yeah I think it was a good thing. Of the three singles that you have out now so Two Halves, Heavyweight and Hide and Seek is there one of those three that you are most proud of? For me I think Hide and Seek I'm most proud of but I love them all (laughs) but I think yeah because Hide and Seek is obviously the newest one and you can just tell like my production is just 
it's just improved from each track so it's just nice to hear it and be like oh cool I, like we wrote that and then I did that and that's really cool <laughs> Hide and Seek has captured what we want to sound like and what we want to do. Yeah. And we'll be trying to replicate that in future releases. So, yeah. Do you enjoy the production process? Because obviously it can be quite a long and arduous process, I guess, at times. Do you find it longer than actually writing the song or do you find the production easier? Yeah, I find it harder, yeah. But it's like the beginning of it and then when it gets to like, I think I'm nearly finished, but then I I overthink it completely and I'm just like, no, I don't like that, I don't like that. (laughs) And then Amy like (laughs) kind of brings me back down to earth and she's like, Lily, I think it's done. I think you've done a really good job. It's cool. Yeah, I know nothing about production, so I'm just like, yeah, it sounds really nice. I'm happy with it. And to be fair, like obviously Lily, Lily wants to be proud of what she's doing. But yeah, you do have to step back and think, right, people that hear this aren't going to be like, ooh, like nitpicking that. They're going to be like, this mm. sounds great. Yeah. And so you've got to get that balance, haven't you? Hopefully. But like with Hide and Seek, we wrote Hide and Seek a year ago. And I think we we probably wrote and demoed it in like a matter of hours, like three or four hours, I suppose. Yeah. Not really thinking too much about it. And then coming back to it and we were like, oh, this song might actually have something in it. And then, yeah, we because Lily was producing it during the first lockdown we had quite a lot of time there was quite a lot of freedom with that so it probably would have taken a lot longer if we hadn't been in lockdown but it did take a while and and there was a point where Lily thought it was finished and then decided to ask our friend to play some strings on it and that's all over again (laughs) then he sent me like 40 tracks of strings (laughs) and I was like that's incredible but also (laughs) shit what am I doing now (laughs) (laughs) you kind of mentioned it then that you did the track fairly quickly am I right in thinking that you wrote hide and seek during a trip to Norfolk in January of last year yeah Yeah. so you guys actually chose isolation before everyone forced you to be (laughs) isolated (laughs) that was a really nice isolation (laughs) yeah it was a year ago like now that we were there and it was so beautiful because we were like right on the beach and it, it was just so nice and we had like a log fire and loads of wine <laughs> yeah it was really good we were sending photos from from it because you know it comes up like a year ago today we were sending photos to each other 
the other day. Feeling yeah, a bit sad I remember about seeing it. the pictures of it on Instagram, and it looked amazing. Mm. It was so. Yeah, nice. we we planned to go go away again um, around October, but obviously restrictions came in, and, and we just haven't. Yeah, it's not been possible. But we'll definitely go away again when we can. So do you find that that's a way that you guys like working? That you find that you write things better when you're just together, alone, surrounded by the wilderness? That's actually the only time we've done that. But it was great. But we've done loads and loads of writing over Zoom, like co-writes with people this past year. And it's it's been incredible. Like we hadn't done that before this year. And it's definitely worked really well. So it's nice to have a few different things we can do to get a song. It's cool. And then when you are writing a song together, if you have creative differences, how do you deal with that? And does your friendship make it more difficult to take criticism from one one another or easier? That is a good question. (laughs) I think if, if Amy doesn't like something I've, I come up with I'm like it's really annoying but then I get over it really quickly I think I think we're just quite I think we can read each other quite well so if the other one's not as enthusiastic about it then you kind of yeah you just have to accept it and and either try I mean if you really 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 want it then you can keep firing ideas at it but that's probably not the best way to do it we, yeah, we're quite good at just managing, and, and especially like when we've been writing over Zoom this year, you just have to. We've just been just keep suggesting things, and until someone hits a nail on the head, I think we've learned we've learned a lot about how we work best this year, despite it being over Zoom. Um, so hopefully that will translate into actual writing sessions in person when we can. Yeah, that would be great. I think I speak for a lot of people <laughs> when I say I'd love to do yeah. things in person again. Yeah. 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 Oh my gosh, please. <laughs> to go back to the track itself, you've said it's about wanting to escape when life gets difficult. And Sean and I both absolutely love the line about pretending to be asleep so you can be carried from the car. <laughs> and when you both start to feel like life is difficult and you want to escape, as I'm sure everyone is feeling during this time, how do you deal with that and cope with those periods of your life? Yeah, I think. It has been, that's definitely been a a, a theme <laughs> across this year for lots of people. Um, it's been really difficult. Um, I've found this year, I've actually, I think this has done good for me. Um, I have become much better at talking to people about stuff. So I think, yeah, I just find a lot of comfort in my friends and also music, I suppose. That's why we do it. That's why we did it in the first place. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, writing songs about your feelings is something that I'll never take for granted. (laughs) Yeah, even if it's just like a verse or something and then you think, oh, and then you kind of, your feeling goes from, I feel really sad to, that was cool. I'm going to send that (laughs) to Lily and then we'll get a song out of it. And then you, I mean, obviously that doesn't solve your problems, but it makes you feel a little bit better about it. Mm. yeah and also like fresh air Amy's been running a lot and I've been walking my dog a lot and that's been a massive help as well right I I'm afraid I can't wait any longer I'd love to talk to you guys about two halves if that's okay yeah I love all three of your tracks but this is the one I had on repeat for months when it came out and even over the last two months I've had it on repeat 
So I'd love to know what inspired this track. It's actually about a friend of mine who got brain damage, basically had to like start her life again. And I was kind of written into her life. Well, I was always um, one of her best friends from home. But like when she went to uni, we didn't chat as much. Uh, so, yeah, her mum and dad like wrote into her life that I was her, her best friend from home. And it was kind of like a new lease of life and our friendship. And I got to start again and... Like, I I think the, the chorus is like, I don't want to be a threat to you. And that's kind of how I was feeling at the time. Like, I really want to make this be a positive outcome and I don't want to hinder any of her, like, new growth. I realise this, uh, you know, as you've said there, it must be a really personal track. Did you feel nervous at all with releasing something that's so personal to you? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, all of our songs are incredibly personal. Personable. Personal. <laughs> Whatever that word is. <laughs> uh, to us. And, um, yeah, it's, al- it's always a bit nerve-wracking when it finally comes into the world. But, yeah, also, like whatever anyone takes from it is really great like we don't we don't particularly need everyone to know exactly what each song is about like whatever people can take from it is is perfect I think yeah I think we just didn't say what it was about for a long time not that it doesn't matter but it doesn't matter to everyone to know exactly because yeah people take what they want from a song don't they and and we and we like that we like letting people interpret in their own way and and allow it to touch them in whatever way it is yeah i mean either way those harmonies are are beautiful so (laughs) it sounds yeah it sounds quite like a happy song yeah and obviously it isn't it isn't a sad song but it's it's got uh obviously the story's not very happy so it it's interesting like when you play it i absolutely love playing that song and because we've been playing it for so long and we generally play it at the end of our set, we all just relax and have a really nice time playing yeah. it. And it's like definitely one of yeah. like our audience's favourites. So, yeah, kind of weird contrast to, to the storyline. Moving on from Two Halves to Heavyweight. Obviously, Hide and Seek is your favourite song. Sean's is Two Halves, and mine is actually Heavyweight. So I'm glad that no song will be feeling left <laughs> out on today's podcast. <laughs> 
I just think the lyrics are really poignant and I think the harmonies are so beautiful. So could you explain the story behind this track and how it came about? We both went to a party while we were at uni, which a lot of our friends were at. But I think both, we didn't talk about it at the time, but we found we both found it really overwhelming. And it's it's about social anxiety, basically, um, and and how you can sometimes feel I think we're trying to capture the feeling of feeling like alone and like anxious while you're surrounded by lots of people who you supposedly know really well and who love you or who who, yeah who you get on with and like how isolated you can feel I left the party early because of it I was like I can't do this and I just got incredibly drunk (laughs) (laughs) yeah and I think yeah we just had a I can't remember whether we set out to I don't think we set out to write that song but we we had a writing session just the two of us and we ended up talking about it a bit and yeah it just kind of came out um I had a phrase written down on my phone because I walked home after the party and I I was thinking about how scary, whether it would be more scary if all if there weren't any street lights on, if there weren't any lights on the way home, because I was thinking, oh, maybe I'd feel safer if I wasn't like, I don't, I don't know, exposed by all the lights walking home because of like shadows and stuff. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I said it to a friend at the time and they were like, that would be a really cool concept for a song. So we just wrote that first line and then off we went. And then... Yeah, it is very personal, but would you feel safe? Would your heart fill with doubt? What would you say to all of the secrets? They fill up the space and all your friends have able to release this song that was personal after having released two halves I think our best songs are the ones that we feel most involved in um we were chatting the other day about some of the co-writes we've done and and how some of them we're more attached to because we Lily said Lily was like oh I don't need that song which which sounds weird but I completely understood what she meant in that if you don't feel invested and like like that song reflects you or or it's not a part of you then then you d- you don't you don't you just don't love it as much 
Um, mm-hmm. So I think definitely our best songs come out of the most personal stuff. Yeah, even when we write about like what like one of us, one of our feelings, like the other person can always take that and relate that into their own lives, which I think is really useful. Which of your songs are you guys most invested in then? I would probably stick with Hide and Seek just because when I listen to it, it just takes me back to the trip we had and it was just a really nice moment and we hadn't we hadn't written in ages and we'd never done that before and it was just a really nice uh it was like three or four days just spending time together and going for a walk on the beach and drawing and drinking wine and playing really oh realizing that we were really bad at music trivia (laughs) 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 we're really bad at that we know nothing about music but yeah it just make it makes me feel like i don't know like warm and fuzzy inside i think it'll be really interesting to rethink that question when we play like all the new songs that we've been writing live because uh yeah, I think it's a, it's a whole different story when, because like, a lot of the time when when I'm playing live, um, I like, because I know the song so well, I'll just sing it and play it, and I won't really think about what it's actually about. But then when you when you're on stage and you do start thinking about it, and you like start to choke up, and you're like, no, 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 can't do that, can't do that, I need to keep on track. But yeah, it'll be really interesting <laughs> to see like which of the new songs that that happens with going back to heavyweight when we last spoke about this track you spoke about how it can be very difficult in the music industry which is a very social but also competitive environment when you have social anxiety mm. so we were wondering if you could change anything about the music industry what would it be wow that's a big question <laughs> so many massive questions <laughs> I think I would probably just go for the obvious one and about women in music, just it being better for us. Yeah, and getting the equality yeah. up to scratch in all aspects yeah. as well, though not just like performers, like the tech side as well. Writing, production, all sorts, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Do you guys feel that you've come across any sexism so far in the industry then? Yeah, we we, we do... We speak about that quite a lot. I don't think we've struggled as much as other female artists that we know, but we definitely have had bits of sexism in the past, like down to like the smallest things, like when we got on stage and uh, the sound engineer like mansplains how to plug in your guitar and stuff. Like, but then there's like this people that go through some absolutely horrible things that we haven't had to deal with too much of, so that's good. What do you both think needs to happen for there to be change? I guess I guess it's uh, you need more female role models in each area of music, but it is, it is hard to find that always. So I think, well, from when I was younger, I, I don't think I ever particularly well I never imagined myself being a a live sound engineer because I hadn't ever seen a female live sound engineer so it's just kind of like you just taught subliminally from a really young age that that isn't 
a job that you particularly are going to aim for, I think. Although, I, I, yeah, I think it d- definitely depends on the person. We've never really felt that we couldn't do that kind of thing. Yeah, we've definitely been really lucky with that. We've never had it like put in front of our face that we can't do anything. Yeah, exactly. And we have, we've, yeah, we've been supported by lots of um, platforms and organisations that are there for women and minority genders, musicians or creatives. But it's interesting because I was just thinking of what Lily was saying about role models, and I think, yeah, having like having more women in like the music business side of stuff would have a massive impact on everything else. And like on Twitter, I follow lots of creative business women and and it's great to see when or or like new um when people get radio presenter jobs or producer jobs or jobs at sony or whatever and it's really cool but a lot of these women also are running their own female platform or something because they like it's it's needed so when when a lot of the women that i see have like do have a good position to influence and to help i think they do but it's a shame that they have to, I suppose. Yeah, I think actually you guys have made two really good points that I admit as a guy I'd never even thought of because in music, obviously, <laughs> you've got a lot of female artists who have made it, mm-hmm. you know, equally to men really nowadays. But I've never thought about the aspect of sound engineers or within, the, you know, the background yeah. of music, yeah. how, you know, the performance obviously has a huge team behind it. And I've never really thought about the fact that, yeah, you're right, whenever I've, been to a festival or a gig it's mostly men I've seen in and around the stage area yeah even like like drummers and bassists and guitarists you're if you see a female one of those playing you're like oh wow that that's a that's a woman doing that where you shouldn't even have to think that it should just be completely normal shouldn't it have you received advice from women who are maybe further along in their career who've given advice to you too I have. I met up with a, a sound engineer from Sheffield um, before lockdown, just before lockdown. And yeah, she she helped me realise that like I wasn't alone and that you you do have to like it's it's hard being a female sound engineer and not being the best. Like like I I, I just I want to be the best because otherwise for being a woman if you aren't good enough then people will be like oh she's a woman like she can't do it so that's why she's like I'm not going to give her any more work but yeah meeting up with this lady was really helpful like to know that I was I was not stupid for thinking that basically and that yeah just to keep going and and not give up she really helped me with that. Mm. I don't think I've, I haven't received any direct advice, I suppose, but I speak a lot with an artist called Charlotte Carpenter, who I really admire. And she now runs her own small indie label, which I think is really cool. And I think actually a lot of the female musicians that we love and are inspired by, they're basically just doing whatever they want (laughs) and (laughs) just being really cool, like, like Phoebe Bridges and Lucy Rose both running their own labels and doing their own thing and like just bossing it in every <laughs> way. Um, 
so I think we've got lot we've got lots of cool role models so that yeah that's really good and that's that definitely inspires us to keep going anyway now to a topic I'd love to avoid but sadly we really can't COVID-19 and lockdowns <laughs> what's this past year been like for you guys it's been really good for us obviously not in every way like there's lots of negative things that have come out of lockdown but for our creativity and our writing like Lily mentioned earlier we've we've just opened up a whole new like world of writing for us obviously we had Norfolk at the start of last year and then we did a couple of days writing with Lily's boyfriend Tom and his mate Sam are in a band called Air from Leeds and we did some writing with them and then when we were locked down Lily was with the two of them and we wrote with me on Zoom and we probably wrote about 10 songs between us I think in the first couple of months yeah and then we just we got so into like just writing and then demoing and just getting excited about it and putting all our voices on and it was just yeah it was just really nice and then we kind of expanded a little bit and started asking a couple of other people to write with us and then started getting people approaching us to write and yeah we just up until Christmas we were just trying to write as much as possible with different people and we did get a couple of in-person sessions while we could get into a studio and and it'd be safe and stuff that was a real treat (laughs) amazing so that must mean there's some new music coming for anyone who's a who's a big fan yeah yeah we're hoping on we're hoping to release a few well at least one ep next year (laughs) and we've got a single coming out in feb can you tell us a little bit about that single yeah so we wrote a song with our friend rachel who goes by the name mahala ray and it's called don't mind the weather and we're releasing it with come play with me in leeds so there's a digital release and vinyl release which we're really excited about because we've never released on vinyl before so it's our singles on one side and then there's a single from a band called lenu on the other side which is really cool and yeah the song's kind of about well, I, don't, I don't know I guess just the feeling of being of knowing someone and being safe and kind of like comforted by them whether it's a friend or a partner or a group of friends or whoever yeah and Lily uh, has done all the production on it. Did you have a favorite songwriting session that you had over the last year one that just clicked instantly yeah I think my favorite we we write really really well with Rachel who we wrote don't mind the weather with and yeah just every session we have with her we come out with something that we're we're all like yeah that's cool we like that (laughs) yeah I think for me partly because I'd just done two weeks isolation (laughs) but also because it was really cool we got to go to a studio near York with Sam from the Howl and the Hum, who we hadn't really met before. I was quite excited about it before we went because I really like their music and I think he's a really interesting lyricist, particularly. And it was just really great. And we had two days with him and we got three songs, two of which we're, we were really excited about. 
and yeah, he was just really great. It was just really nice. It was really nice to be in a room with somebody yeah. and have like a piano and watch someone play an instrument and sing oh, with people. And, yeah. and that, it was it was just really great. But also because it was him and and the songs we got, I just that just lifted me out of my isolation sadness, I think. <laughs> Yeah, also we wrote with Benjamin Francis Lefwich and a guy called Josh Finn who's Wounded Bear and well, that was over Zoom but that was also one of my favourite sessions because they're just absolutely lovely people and I was I was completely obsessed with Ben when I was younger so it was, it was <laughs> really cool. <laughs> Did he find that one out from you? Well, he's going to find out now if he wants to. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, does that make it harder to work with someone though if you really love their music? Yeah, it did. I was a bit nervous to be honest. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was a bit surreal, kind of, because I think if we'd, I think if it had been in person, it would have almost been less scary. But because it was almost because it's like watching people on a little TV screen or something. It's, <laughs> it it doesn't quite feel real when you don't know the person. And we've done like a few writing sessions with people that either both of us haven't met or one of us hasn't met this year and it is a little bit weird because then you kind of feel like you know them but then you realize you don't know them at all and you can't really pick up body language very well and and there's stuff going on in the background and it, yeah it's all it's a weird process but that oh yeah that was a really nice session and we both really liked the song we got out of that does that make it harder then if you're writing about something that's personal if you've never even met the person that you're writing the song with <laughs> yeah definitely yeah it is weird so we had a session a while ago with a guy called glenn roberts who's a really cool writer and just somebody who approached us on instagram and was just enthusiastic to write with us which was really cool but we started working on a song that i wrote that i started a couple of years ago and i've kind of been sitting on and we both really liked bits of it but wanted to kind of make it better and, and i started to tell him what the song was about and I I remember the words coming my, the words came out of my mouth and it was like I've just had a really bad year <laughs> and then and then the zoom call cut off there <laughs> <laughs> <And> just like <laughs> I was just sat in my room suddenly on my own without anyone on the screen and I was like I was like oh that was literally the worst point for zoom to stop yeah as soon as it stopped I was just like ha <laughs> and then we came back onto the call and and Lily wasn't there yet but Glenn was like god Amy that was a that was not very good you were just saying you'd had a really bad year and I was like oh god here we go and yeah it was funny it wasn't it wasn't that wasn't scary at all but it it was weird I felt I felt a bit weird and I was like oh god he thinks I'm I don't know what he thinks of me now That is some really exciting news anyway for everyone that you have uh, you guys have been so creative through throughout the year and through lockdown and that there's a lot of exciting stuff coming up. Yeah. I saw on Twitter that you guys took a pretty brave step to celebrate the start of the new year. You joined TikTok. Now, how's that going? Because <laughs> I've been avoiding joining TikTok. Um, it's not going yet. I <laughs> haven't started. <laughs> Basically, I did what everyone did during the first lockdown and started looking at tiktok and it just i hated it it was just loads of people doing stupid stuff and i was like i can't i can't deal with this i have no idea how to use the app like as soon as you open it videos are playing and stuff and that just stresses me out but i'd made us an account and then i just kind of left it 
And I thought, maybe we're not, maybe that's not for us. And then um, we've recently started working with 42 Peaks Management and they were basically like, right, so we'll get onto TikTok at some point, but you do need to use it. And (laughs) me and Lily were like, oh, great. Oh, no. So then that day I re-logged into the TikTok and then I just posted on our story that we were going to use it. And we've got a few followers, but we haven't done anything yet. I'm still avoiding it, I think. <laughs> are you planning to make singing videos or are you going to try some dance ones as well? Oh, God. I don't know. I will not, I will not be dancing. <laughs> it kind of intrigues me. But also, I don't think I want to do it. <laughs> <laughs> no yeah uh, my friend Hannah tried to make me do one she's also a musician and she she's kind of doing the same thing and she tried to make me do a dance in the middle of a park like a couple of months ago and I was like I'm absolutely not doing this you do this on your own so where can people connect with you guys online with all this new stuff coming out every, everybody's obviously going to be excited where can anyone listening go to find all things Sunflower Thieves TikTok <laughs> um, <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> on Instagram we're just at sunflowerthees, and we post little snippets of demos on there and stuff, and all like news and when we do gigs, that'll all be on there. And then Twitter is just at sunthieves music, and Facebook sunflowerthees. They're like the main ones. So, as part of this series of our podcast, we're asking the same question to every artist right at the end. It's the last question. So for you guys, if you could bring back any band or artist, past or present, for one final album, who would it be? For me, Amy Winehouse, without a doubt. Oh, great choice. That is a great choice. Great choice. <laughs> I think probably Noah and the Whale. I used to love them. Another great choice, yeah. I haven't listened to enough of them, actually. The best thing about this uh, question is it gives me artists to properly check out. So thanks. Yeah, <laughs> you're welcome. <laughs> thank you guys so much for being our first artist on our new podcast and thank you so much for your time it's been brilliant and good luck with 2021 i can't wait for the ep thank you and thank you for always supporting our releases yeah it's nice to have a, a friendly name to go to every time we every time we put a song out so thanks Oh, and the moon draws
listening to the up and coming podcast we hope you loved today's episode as much as we did make sure you never miss an episode by clicking the subscribe button now we'll be back next week chatting with the islas an indie alt rock four piece from norfolk but if you can't wait until then for your up and coming fix or if you want more information on today's artist and loads of other amazing artists visit the up and coming blog page you can also follow us on instagram and twitter for more exclusive content You'll find links to each one in the description. In the meantime, have a great week.